0: Hey, Hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Visit sprout.ph slash monthly 5 k If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode.
1: The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Go time Bank. GoTime Bank is owned by the Gokong Wei Group, the same companies that brought you brands you love like Cebu Pacific and many more. GoTime Bank makes next-level banking a breeze with its convenient account opening process. It takes less than five minutes to get started via the free app. Plus, get your GoTime Bank Visa card at one of their kiosks for free. Download the GoTime Bank app today and experience the next level of banking. You may visit www.gotime.com.ph for more details. Also by Capita. Capita's software solution seeks to automate the equity management process for startups, including workflows around cap tables, ESOPs, due diligence, and transactions. Sign up at capita.com to get started with your digital cap table, ESOP, award granting, and all things equity. Free for companies with under 25 stakeholders. Also brought to you by Paymongo, the payment gateway for business growth. Paymongo allows your business to accept online payments from your customers through Visa, MasterCard, Gcash, GrabPay, Maya, online banking, buy now, pay later, and many more. All with just one platform. Sign up for free at paymongo.com. And brought to you by SeekCap. SeekCap is a lending platform powered by UBX Philippines. With Seek you can easily apply for a loan from 5,000 pesos up to 1,000,000 pesos from the comfort of your own home nationwide. Visit www.seekcap.ph, sign up, and apply for a loan now. That's www.seekcap.ph. Take your business to new heights by seeking capital with SeekCap.
2: That's what I love about entrepreneurship. That you have the freedom to create your own thing, right? To make quick decisions, to change things when things are not working out.
1: Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now, here is your host. Ronster Bae Welcome to this episode
0: of The Share Podcast We finally got her Been uh, seeing this woman A lot Over the past few years Again, and I've seen her, you know, blossom under the startup ecosystem and help so many people and companies actually to have a limitless mindset and whatnot. And without further ado, let's welcome one of the awardees of this year's Tatler List, Miss Joey Cruz of Limitless Love. Woo-hoo. Joey, welcome to the show.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much, Ron.
0: Good morning, and again, congratulations for being one of the awardees of Genty this year. How does it feel to be a Genti?
2: <laughs> well, I think you've been an awardee for quite some time, though. So I guess for me, it just feels the beat surreal, out, right? Like, I know a lot of friends in the list, and I actually never, you know, it wasn't in my dreams or you know, like, goes to be in the list. But it feels really good, and I'm so grateful not to be
0: included in the list. I had the same feeling, but couple that with massive imposter syndrome. <laughs> like, what the I fuck am
2: you. I <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: like, why the fuck
0: am I here? Right? But again, one thing that I've, I've realized is that you don't make the list by accident, right? Um, A lot of them, that's a very curated list curated, that, the, yeah. uh, that gets there. And if you get there, that means you're doing something amazing. And you are. So congratulations, Joey. But before I get carried away, I need to ask you the million-dollar question. Joey, what's your hustle?
2: Okay, so my hustle is providing or helping, sorry, development sector organizations amplify their impact. Uh, Through Mm -hmm. design thinking, so that includes government agencies, corporations, and even sort of founders and social enterprises.
0: Yes, and that that's one thing that I really want to capitalize on because I've seen you again. I love how you're very candid about your dreams, right? Like, ah, one before I just dreamt of an office, and now this office is exact the exact uh, office that I've seen. And being limitless isn't obviously just about You know, um, realizing your your potential or realizing your dreams, but also being limitless for sure is limitless about how big your startup and your dream can be. Because again, libre lang maharap. So why don't you fucking do it well? So before (laughs) I get before we start talk about design thinking and that's what we'll be deep diving on later on the second part of the show. I need you to buckle up real quick. Okay, it's a Sunday morning as we're recording this. And it yet it might get a little rough because we're gonna to have to ride the hustle share time machine. Oh. All righty, and I get now we're all the way back. I want to understand Joey before you even started design thinking and all that stuff. I want to understand your very first exposure to hustling because again, being a hustler isn't an accident it's always yeah. a product of the exposure that we've had when we were younger so what are those for you?
2: Yeah so for me I guess my first interface you now with uh, hustling would be when I was super young maybe 10 years old and I would oh. sell just about anything outside our homes because my mom won't give me money right? <laughs> so she would <laughs> she would just like you know you don't need that to buy a new toy or whatever mm. so I would take out my old toys and then I would sell that in front of our house or, you know, your old toys.
0: So you flip your toys. Wow. And I
2: would also like sell ice candy. So I would be making ice candies during summer and sell that outside our home, coming up with new flavors. And then suddenly my neighbor would be replicating what I was (laughs) doing. (laughs) So like that, Gaya,
0: that Gaya was, mentality. Mm.
2: Yeah, so that was basically my first experience with entrepreneurship. But mm. also, I noticed when I was younger, I always loved technology. Mm. So when I was a grade school student, I had my first desktop, right? And whenever um, our desktop would go uh you know like broken or something like that I would take it out a part of the CPU and then clunk on something inside you know because <laughs> <laughs> so I discovered actually that I like creating things as well with the computer. So I would create word art. So that was my first design experience as mm. well with design, right? Mm-hmm. Creating cards and so on. No. So and even websites actually you know, when i discovered html and css so i would try to code you know this blingy websites before so when i went to college coincidentally you no know, so i landed into the development communication program in uh, uplb and at the time i wasn't even aware ano ba talaga devcom na to Kala ko idevelop lang yung communication skills model. but then right. i discovered it was using communication for social change. So that's where I discovered my love for social development, for social impact, even got to improve my skills on graphic design per se. So Mm -hmm. I would double into Photoshop. No, I joined organizations wherein I was like the pubcom. So basically, I yung marketing. So I was making the posters, the Mm -hmm. social media marketing and stuff. But this was the time when I thought design was only about graphic design. So I didn't realize at the time that there's so much more design, right? uh um, More than just visual or graphic design. Right. And I would say one of the greatest jumpstarts that I've had when it comes to entrepreneurship was actually joining the government in 2014.
3: Wow. So my,
2: my first job was with ICTO, uh, ICTO, mm-hmm. and that's now the ICT. That's actually how we met, Ron. Remember?
0: Oh, actually, okay. <laughs> Pardon me if I don't vividly remember, but <laughs> All I remember that was really vivid with me was you were, were still with Rappler uh, at that point. I don't remember. So, so again, my bad. There's so many people no met worries, I met that have bad yeah. memories. How did we meet prior? And what were you doing in the or ICT office back then?
2: Right. So I was working on the USEC MONS office at the time, now the ICT industry development. Before, we still call it e-innovation. So everything when it comes to ICT industry and that includes the freelancing industry and of course the startup industry
3: yep yep this
2: was like 2014 and at the time the startup ecosystem was still on its you know very yes. baby infancy stage uh we we crafted the startup uh roadmap right yep. so i was a junior you know employee but i was helping a lot in organizing the road shows. I think mm-hmm. we met in Geeks on the Beach you know, for that long. There, show. now I remember. Because yeah. if you're talking
0: about Monchito Ibrahim, right? Again, just to give him a shout out. You're right. He's one of the very first supporters of these this thing when people yes. didn't even know what the hell it was, right? Exactly. And I want to understand uh, first, at least, let's zoom in on this. So this is your first exposure. There's not a lot of people that I've, I've talked to that came from the government side of things. Typically, yeah. it's coming from private that path. But walk me through what were the things you were working on. And there was no DICT even at that point. This is under yes. the OST, correct? Yes. At what point? At that point, I wanna I wanna now understand what are uh, number one, what are the things you were trying to do, and number two, while you're trying to do that, what was the new skill stack that you yeah. were building for yourself, being exposed to so many startups as you were working uh, on yeah. these fields.
2: Well, you know how things work in government, right? So when you're good, you're rewarded with so much more work. Right? So I was doing <laughs> communications work because that was my background. Now I was doing all the marketing and so on. But I was also organizing a lot of events, right? Because I had experiences um, organizing events as well. Got it. So I I owe so much actually to Sermono because he trusted me. He gave me a lot of opportunities. Perhaps the most important skills that I also learned during that time was facilitation skills that yes. I, you know, like which is the bread and butter as well of my company now. Ah, mm. uh, networking skills, of course. So, because of my work at Icto or DICT mm. now, I was able to build a solid foundation for, for my network in the ICT industry. And that includes the sort of ecosystem. Yep. No? So mm. Ang dami ko talagang experience. So I remember, Ron, there was a time when, uh, this was way back 2014 or 2015, I was just a few months in Icto, and Sir Mon wanted me to lead the startup delegation to Magic Malaysia.
0: In Malaysia, there.
2: KL K- yeah, yeah. Converge. Yeah. yeah and, mind and... You, and mind you, I was never out of the country before. <laughs> You know, that was, you know, like, ni pa ako nakalabas ng bansa. And yeah. this guy, who saw my potential, made me the organizer of the whole delegation. Ako lang mag-isa. May dala akong, I think, 20 startups at the time. Holy shit. Yeah, many of them are not existing anymore. But I was also in charge, of course, of the head of delegation, no? Who was yeah. an, an undersecretary at the time. Okay. So imagine the like the weight of the responsibility <laughs> and then first time Lilipad.
0: <laughs> right and I'll just I'll just double down there. on w- what that place. So magic is uh the technically like the Kubo of Malaysia. Yes. So again, uh, the Kubo it's so much accessible because it's right in smack in the middle of the city. Magic is in cyber Jaya okay yes. it, it's not in chaos. so cyber Jaya is literally in between. KL and their airport, which is one to two hours away in terms of drive. So if you think of it, it's like somewhere you're somewhere in the middle of Subic. Okay. Yeah. And there's nothing to do. I've been there before. There's only one grocery, one mall. And yeah. just your startup. It's mind blowing. So imagine you are the one facilitating that delegation. Foreign country in the middle of nowhere, where it's not the big the easiest place to go to, by the way. How do you pull it off?
2: Yeah, so it involved a lot of uh, patience because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some of our founders are the founders who are the ones 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 who are you know, there's always been that entrepreneurial fire inside of me so even if at that time i work for the government i would Mm. say that i was an entrepreneur so i was introducing a lot of new things inside uh icto and so on Mm. Uh, but then eventually i had to leave because uh mind you in government uh if you're not a permanent employee yet your salary could take three months to arrive no and i was young what? I, I was like 21 years old at that time no i did oh, not come from a rich family so i was like okay i like what i'm doing here but i have to you gotta pay the bills <laughs> exactly. you gotta eat yeah mm-hmm. so i left uh the government um but the connection stayed of course mm. and i forgot to mention so i'm actually a Deb major and that's why I went to Rappler after a few um What is a, a dev years. choice?
0: I've never heard of that.
2: It's a development journalism. So oh. it's a, it's like a sub-field of journalism which focuses on using journalism for social change. Yeah. Got it. And I would say my journey actually is like using design thinking to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. No, so I, I I went into government. I was also an executive in an animation agent, animation association for quite some time. What? You're familiar with the Animation Council. Yep. And then after that, I I taught for a while. In so I started my own like official venture. Um, after Animation Council, it's called Tactical Multimedia. So it was supposed mm. to be a comms agency for that? development sector. Right. Long story short, it failed. No, so I was what? young, I was broke, you know, and my clients, mostly from government, were taking so much time to pay. So I was like, Okay, so how am I gonna Ouch. do this? So
3: Mm-mm.
2: I had to take a full time job. So that's when Rappler actually happened. No? Makes so,
0: sense, okay. Yeah,
2: and I was an intern at Rappler before I graduated, so I mm-hmm. know the people already. No? I was a volunteer, I was very involved in their projects, so mm-hmm. that's why. Uh, they hired me to organize yung Hack Society, you no, know, which was also a startup event, you no? Know? So that was in 2017, you no, know, for the Social Goods Summit, you know? so organizing all these things and so on. Mm. While I was with Rappler, though, I mm. knew, you no, know, deep inside, so that was after my first venture failed, and I knew that this is just a job for me, okay, because I really want my own thing, you no, know? yep. I want my own, mm. uh, company, you know? Um, so what happened was at the end of that year in 2017, I have a few uh, UX projects on the side. So I was freelancing and then I, I told myself, oh, I think I can already go full time with this new company. You know? And that company is called B612 Design, which would later on become Limitless Lab. So, and let me tell you the story, Ron, of how I run my first ever design thinking workshop. So okay. it was a free event okay. and I did it with my academic organization in Las Banyas, UPLD. Okay. So I wanted to test it out. Mm-hmm. I was a newbie and so on. And then I'm like, I was able to validate it. Hey, my skills pala in facilitation.
3: Nice. So
2: that was my first Coming out ever party. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want
0: to understand some things, uh, uh, Joey, real quick. First off, you can't teach what you don't know. Right. Yes. So obviously, for you to even delve into, okay, is this something that I can validate in UPLB and whatnot? You have to feel. And by the way, this is the most important thing y- you have to feel like yeah, you are an expert in that field. What yes. people mm. will say eventually will just validate what you feel. But yeah. you have to feel like you're fucking good at this thing that you're going to be doing, whatever it is, whatever startup. So for you, I want to understand, how did you um, get exposed to, again, the design thinking thing? Because that can be very um, vague right? in, in terms yeah. of design thinking. People, you throw that up uh, a lot before, until now, and not knowing und- and understanding what the hell it means and what it does. right? So yeah. number one, how did you get exposed to it? And number two, How did you again develop that expertise that you felt that, all right, I'm pretty damn good at this shit?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, first question How did I get exposed to it? So, when I uh, was at DOST or ICTO, of course, I was, you know, like listening to a lot of talks by Arup, you know, like a lean startup model and so on. At the time, actually, I wasn't paying much attention to to design thinking. But Mm. when I discovered it, This is a funny story and quite personal one. So I dated a guy from New Zealand who owns uh, a a big accelerator there. And there was a time when we were dating that he went to Stanford Design School. So when he got there, uh, I was actually still a trapper at that time. So he shared to me all, all the things that he learned. And you know, when you discover sometimes design thinking, you realize, hey, I've been doing this already you know, mm-hmm. with, with the work that I've, i'm doing like knowing your audience not talking to the people empathizing with them you just mm. don't have a word for it right. right and when you discover design thinking you'll be like Ting! you know I'm, I'm actually applying it already with the programs that i'm doing the trainings that i've run with with icto and so on mm-hmm. so it was like a discovery for me that also validated the practices that I was already doing. Because in my uh, course then, the number one rule namin dyan sa comms is to know your audience. Diba? But of course, design thinking was able to give me uh, so much more in terms of growth mindset, you know, how to enable creative confidence and so on. So I studied a lot about it read a lot of resources. Um, and to be quite honest, before I run that first um, design thinking workshop na free, I just bought a Udemy course. You know? Wow. So I studied that Udemy course and I'm like, hey, this is so cool. So from from the modules in that Udemy course, I created my own, inspired from the, those course. In the first few years of my um, business, Limitless Lab, I really had to offer it pro bono no and wow. i had a lot of challenges i had a lot of challenges like of course we know some pioneers when it comes to design thinking right in the philippine ecosystem and i encountered clients you know like blatantly telling me hey sorry we prefer to go with this person because he's more experienced and so on mm. so wow. i encountered a lot of that but then i persevered you know and what I discovered actually is when I wanted to identify my value proposition and my company's value proposition with the existing design thinking firms here. Mm-hmm. So I went within and then I asked myself, so what is something that only I can give? You no, know, that these firms do not have. And and mind you, these firms are pens now. now. Nice. So my what I discovered was that my experience in government. Is something that can separate me, you know, apart Absolutely. from these other existing organizations, and that is why right now at Limitless Lab, the bulk of that of what we do is really enabling innovation in the public sector. You know? wow. so, so bringing the startup design thinking mindset to government, you know, so that they also can be entrepreneurs or, or entrepreneurs um, in public service. Yeah.
0: All right. That is amazing. Now, let's take our first week and when we come back, let's now uh, talk further on how you were able to build it from, again, time to do pro bono and how you were able to do plow through and make this big and achieve milestones altogether. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck and see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with Joey Cruz, who then told us uh, how she was able to build Limitless Lab again. Starting with pro bono, you have to plant seeds before you harvest them, right? But one thing that I'm very impressed with, Joey, is a couple things. First off, most people... And most entrepreneurs do not make the full jump because they don't ever get to overcome their own se- imposter syndrome. Like, Hala, if people see me, what will they say? They care too much about these things and all these the stuff. Like, will I fail? And those things, that, that, mm-hmm. that, 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 that last hesitation before that full jump. A lot of people don't make that jump. I mean... Sorry, but a lot of people will fail too. But you just discover so much about yourself and how good you can possibly yeah. be once you make that jump. Walk me through that moment first of when you's like ah, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna do go it so now. Time. And then yeah. later on, we'll talk about how you were able to then you know fit into your own skin. That, ah, okay, I'm getting my groove here and all that. So that that uh-huh. moment first, that before the jump, <laughs> before the jump into the cliff, what was that like for you and how did you combat that inner doubt that tells you you can't do it?
2: Yeah. So like before I went full time with Limitless Lab, I had my first venture, right? That failed. You no, know? So I already knew what failure is like. And I also had a lot of, you know, like, kapag bago kang founder, andahin mo na yung isip, di ba anday mo gusto simulan, no? So, andami ko rin mga biniling domain in the beginning, no? trying to test it out and so on. But to be quite honest, Ron, Limitless Lab and me going full-time with it in the beginning of 2018 was also not a, you know, like a very spontaneous uh, jump on the cliff, no? So, because when I was with Rappler, I was quite lucky that I had some light uh, workload so, I was also very calculating no? because I already failed, right? So, I want to know that okay, if I will go full time with Limitless Lab, that but, mababuhay ako ng tapulumbuan, takit wala pa kreyente <laughs> gandan de ba? Right. So, with, with all my freelance work and so on, I think I was able to save some money. Not so much, I would say maybe. But you're at alive around, at least. Yes, maybe I had around 80,000, 200,000. So, Sabi ko, okay, so pag nag-full-time ako, mabubuhay ako dito ng mga tatlong buwan. At least, All right. All right. sabi ko, no. And meron pa akong pipeline uh, na projects. No? So, that was my decision point, no, why I was like, okay, I'm gonna go full-time now. Right. But also, I was very lucky because I was selected as part of the YC YCLE uh, exchange program mm. on no? social entrepreneurship in uh, economic development. So that was around March 2018. So I was like, okay, pag na-ubusan ako ng, ano, ng pera.
0: <laughs> that's your fallback so, option. So when you run out of money, is that your fallback option?
2: Not necessarily, but I was like, okay, by March, I will be in the US. So I don't need money because they'll wow. be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How many people get to say that in their life? I don't need money. Wow. Okay.
2: When you're in an exchange program, they mm. cover for your accommodation. You ah, service.
0: there's a stipend.
2: Uh, so, sabi ko, okay, tapos meron naman ako mga web design projects. Siyempre at the time, ako lang So, I was doing mm. the UX, the UI, and even, actually, WordPress development, no, at the time. So, I had, like, some startup clients uh, from Singapore. Mm. So, that actually influenced my decision to uh, jump right in because I was also in that stage. Perhaps I'm privileged because I don't have responsibilities, di ba? Hindi naman ako breadwinner. My uh-huh. mom, kumbaga, hinayaan niya ako, no? Para sumuko na siya sa akin. But mainly, uh-huh. at the time, my mom was also questioning a lot of my decisions. So she was like, hey, anong ginagawa mo sa buhay mo? Kasi <laughs> as de peligro na talaga, di ba? Na, right. pal- client, <laughs> mm. so, so yeah, lots of challenges uh, as well. But you know, I'll do it all over again.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, hindsight being twenty twenty, you took the right path. It's scary as hell, um, and that's that's where a lot of people that listen to the podcast are. You know, they're at the cusp, right? Where like, mm, am I? Can I make it? Am I good enough? And whatnot? So that's what I want to now ask. So you started doing it your first design class, your first few ones were pro bono, how did you, what was your metrics to keep pushing? Because again, you were scared now. Are they going to pay on time? Is this going to be just like your first startup all over again where nobody pays on time? How did you persist through that? And again, what were the key milestones that you you hit to keep going? Because it's easy to also get scared and wilt away like, oh, sorry, I don't want to do this. Sorry, this is too hard. You know, because yeah. that's the second hurdle you have to overcome. First hurdle is the first jump. The second hurdle is when the novelty wears off and you get punched in the face for the first time, right? A lot of people don't make it back up and that knockdown. How did you get over that first hump of shit? Is this going to work? What am I doing wrong? And the novelty has worn off.
2: Yeah. So in 2018, I was still getting like very small projects no? and a lot of time before clients pay payback. Uh, when I was in the States, yung project nagnawa ko doon no? for YCV was actually a project called Bayanivation. And the goal is to be able to have like a hackathon type of three-day design thinking workshop no? in an LGU. So parang you go from one LGU to another you know, you partner with the mayor, they will solve a particular problem in the city. So, I was so excited about this project when I was in the States, and I was so sure that this would work out because when I was in government, you know, I worked with a lot of mayors. But guess what? When I returned, I was talking to mayors, and no one understood what I was telling them. And I got a <laughs> of projections, right? Wow. And I was like, hey, I'm running out of money now. But, but, na lang may mga paonki aunty, racket. So... No one saw the value yet of bringing the innovation methodologies into the public sector. Yeah. And I had no potential customer. But then I met Vico, who was mm. also my batchmate in YC. At the time, he was still a counselor. And I We're was talking like- about
0: Vico Soto, Mayor Vico yes, Soto of Basic City. Wow.
2: And I was like, hey, uh, Vico, we ko counselor So mm-hmm. I have this idea, you know, maybe we can test it in Pasig City and so on. Mm-hmm. And then he told me, hey, Joey, you know what? Medyo hindi ko kasundo yung admin ngayon, yung mayor ngayon, yung sabi niya. But my friend who will run in the next election, if he wins, he will consider this. Guess who? Kung sino yung kaibigan na yon?
3: It's him. Okay.
2: So siya pala yon, no. Mm-hmm. So but you know, I was still doing mini projects and so on. Wala pa taon, no? And I was not able to fund this uh new product or service idea which is by innovation. Mm-hmm. So I went for a uh, grant funding route. no, because nice. to be quite honest, Ron, hindi rin nako averse part the time with investors yeah. and so on, you know. And it wasn't really a startup, startup idea, diba. Mm. Hindi naman siya talaga tech startup. So I applied for a grant with the US State Department and we were awarded the only what? one of the at the time. No? So that was 2019. Amazing. I got around, it's not that big. I think it's around 23,000 no, USD. But Dude. because of that grant, I was able to hire my first hire right and, and even if Chepra my my project buy by animation so we were also slowly getting traction then we were we were getting uh inquiries from ngos and other government agencies no? so you not in the start because I was able to get this grant which became like our seed funding our capital you no? the
0: that's amazing and again that's the beginning now because when when people you're ready for that uh infusion whether it's through through seed funding, from angels, whatever. That's when you really can build outside of being a solopreneur to becoming an entrepreneur and becoming eventually wearing your hat and calling yourself CEO. So I want to understand now the very first challenges because this is also another jump once you've done it. And especially for people that go solo. Sometimes your biggest enemy is yourself. Because yeah. uh, you get you got used to doing so many things at the same time, at the same pace, but it's only you. You get the money and all of a sudden, you're going to have to r- fire yourself in certain things and hire uh, people to replace you on these roles. What were those things that you, uh, again, struggled with as you started building your team? And what did you learn about yourself becoming a leader? Yeah,
2: that's a really good question. And- in my four years managing people, I would say that I still have a lot of areas for improvement, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was starting you know, with my first hire, and remember, I am a creative, right? So yeah. I like building stuff, you know, I know how to write, I know how to design, I know a little bit of no code and so on. You know? So mm-hmm. I'm very, I would say possessive, but you know, I take pride in and the work. I'm a maker, deba. Yeah. And I do know. So when you hire other people to do the work for you, of mm. course sometimes you can get so obsessive, you know, with how you see things in your mind versus how they're doing it. Diba? Mm-hmm. So yes, there were some challenges with that. Being a creative versus being a creative leader. Right. Yes. Because those are different things no so i i learned how to delegate i learned how to empower uh my team uh, but also one thing that i did wrong even before i hired hire is to create our culture deck because, mm. because i wanted to be very intentional with The company, the kind of culture that I want for the company that I'm building. So that was the first document that I created. Nice. Actually, (laughs) even even personal redesign, limitless lab company culture. So I also had challenges when it comes to filtering the right people. No, because hmm. sometimes, you know, like, I want things fast, so I will just hire kung sino yung... oh,
0: first applicant, come, here, come on down! There
2: you go. <laughs> ah, parang ganon, di yeah. Kasi syempre, urgent yung project, ganyan, no? Right. So, you no, know, those kinds of things. And at the same time, even thinking of the organizational structure that yes. I want no, for living. So in the beginning, we were so flat. Yep. Okay, so but, uh, every everyone's actually reporting to me, even when I already reach around eight people. Yep. So, and actually, Direct one in, down. Yeah. No. So, it's good in a way because it's a very you know democratic space. Everyone can give yeah. their ideas. But what actually happened later on was, of course, I was managing too many people, and. I had some turnover in the beginning of 2021. You know, so yep. that's the, the great resignation. And Hi. that was also <laughs> the time... I
0: sigh because like, oh my fucking God. Yep, you're true. Yeah, you're, you're uh, right.
2: Diba? And that was also the time... No, it was actually 2022 palano. Sorry. Last year. Yeah, last year, yes. Because that was also the time that I decided... Uh, I, I told the team who's been so used to remote working for the last yeah. two years... So, I told them, hey, we're gonna get an office na. You're gonna be required to report at least once a week. Once a week lang, Once a week lang? Kasi are
0: you kidding me? Wow,
3: okay. Yes.
2: Even now, we're just once a week, no? But these are people who are coming from different sides of Manila. Some are from Caloocan, some are from Manila, Manila, mm-hmm. no, from Quezon City. So, I do understand the concerns and so on, no? But also, siguro, dahil nga flat yung organization mo, ba? So, there's really like no clear plan for their professional growth, mm. So when that happened, so para nag snowball na, may mga nag resign and so on. May mga natiran naman. So we had to rethink how we we run the organization, mm. uh, the organizational structure and so on. So we we still wanted to keep the kind of flat mm. type of thing, but also. Doing some hierarchical and a structure na no. that's what we did actually.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's that was my struggle also. Because in the first uh, I mean party file, we were small. Uh, 20. I can still max out 20 people as a direct one down. Okay, it was easy. Wow. Party business, whatever, but yeah. there was technically bunch up in teams. It's easy to manage it. Chatbot yes. ph was also similar, you know, devs, product, sales, easy. Those are three teams. Not really direct one down, but I can easily zoom in all the way down, right? There's a middle management, but it hit me hard in podcast network Asia, where I didn't even know I needed that one down or that that multiple layer already. And the thing was, mm-hmm. as you're trying to build out that organization, this is where that that again that corporate structure moves in. So I, oh, yeah. I before mm-hmm. my thought process was okay my very first employees, they're going to be the best leaders eventually. as I hired them because they've been, been with me to the start. And my biggest fucking mistake there was a lot of these people that I've hired at the start, yes, they were perfect for that 0 to 1 or 1 to 10 phase of our startup where the mode should be blazing fast, get shit done. It's going to be chaos, but you got it done. But as you go from yeah. 10 to 50 and 50 to 100, there's a different skill set that they will have to figure out and most of them don't. Which is because they're just like us. We're so possessive over our work. Ah, this is my shit. I don't want (laughs) to pass it over. Right? As you start building around them or under them, especially if they're kids, they don't understand basic things like delegation, management, ruling uh, ruling by example, leading by example. These are things that not a lot of people are just ready regardless if they were they were with you first or if they're besting for shares. And when I started building under them, that's when I got hit with the greatest resignation. Because a lot of people are really like... I got into problems, Joey, where people were... Their mentality was, okay, there's a lot of work, right? There's a lot of work that comes through. It's like, oh, no... I, do, I will just do it for my team so that they don't have to suffer. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my gosh. So What happens is, you <laughs> see the, the amount of work. Downstream, they're, they're one downs. They're, they're, they're people that are, on, are supposed to be under them. Are petics, or they're breathing, their leader is dying. Oh my god! And then this is where it really boils over. And again, kids, right? They don't know how to manage. So I keep them, please pass it downstream. They cannot comprehend that because they're still stuck in that mode. Like, I got to hustle, 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 hustle. Which is not, yeah. not, not wrong, by the way. But you got to pass it downstream because if you don't pass it downstream, you're going to eventually die. And that's what happened. They they eventually burned out. And guess what? Guess who they blamed when shit hit the fan?
3: You? Yeah. Me though.
0: Yeah. I was like, what the hell? So uh, that, the big lesson there. Is really you have to really overcome you have to really overcome your own loyalty to your team. Just because they are there first does not mean that they'll be ready to lead when you start growing. And you're right, yeah. the, the organizational structure is so important. I even found out about this rule before, um, called the rule of three and ten. I learned it from Alex and Patrick Gentry that eventually they'll ask you. Grow your team in multiples of three and threes and tens. All mm-hmm. whatever system you have will break apart. I don't care mm-hmm. what you're doing. And I had a heads up. And I, I by the way, I discussed this in the one of the latest episodes of Founders Only on the Hustle Share YouTube channel. So check it out. Through, I have a follow through with that. But dude, imagine I had a heads up. I knew it was coming, but when it hit me, oh my God, it swept me under the rug. So I want to understand there. Leadership and management, Joey, from your, from your end. Because as founders, and this is what I always talk about, you guys throw around the fucking name CEO a lot. You don't know what the hell that means, right? Uh, these kids <laughs> like, I'm CEO. No, you are not, right? You have yeah. never experienced a freaking pain of being CEO because founder is a different job. Again, 0 to 1, 1 to 10. CEO is managing an organization, reporting to your board, making sure that your pnl everything is above board yeah. right how did you go from that journey of being founder where okay 1 to 10 hustle 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 to then orchestrating and architecturing an organization where you have multiple layers and they still function the same way or at least ideally they still function the same way the way you have started it
2: yeah So that's a really good question, Ronna. So talking about the CEO title, actually, you know, it took me at least three years before I even called myself a CEO uh, because I don't want to be one of those kids who would just throw around the world. (laughs) I I, I actually just created a title for myself. So it was founder and chief visionary and all-around action woman. Something Mm. like that. Mm. Almost well, the, the same, I
0: I but not quite. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but so in the beginning, of course, I was doing so many things, and at this point, actually, I wouldn't say that I don't double no from time to time in several tasks. No, if you know my support is needed, you know. So, but how I went from being a founder who's doing everything to someone who's now seeing the bigger picture and orchestrating a lot of things. Um, And it's not so far ago. I would say it just happened maybe around two years ago is when we started documenting our processes now, because we are in the creative business, right? So we co-design websites for NGOs, for government organizations. We do a lot of innovation training through design thinking workshops, design sprints. And at the time, I was only the one running the workshops and trainings. No? So sabi ko, how can I focus no, on building the organization if ako yung palaging hinahanap ng client? Because they trust me. So how do I funnel the trust of the client to me, to my team? No? So how did I start doing that? Again, we started documenting our processes. but the process manual that we're, or the ops playbook that we have now, it's a living document. So, constantly, we namin that. We also uh, started doing the official goal setting, no, the OKR OKRs? setting. OKRs. So, mm-hmm. OKRs. Then, we also, of course, empowered our team leaders. no, mm-hmm. So, because we have business units and there are leads no, for each business unit, no, so I have uh, weekly mentoring and coaching with them no, so to be able to assist them to make kailangan sila and so on uh-huh. to guide them and to mentor them. No. So my goal now actually is to make myself redundant. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, for hopefully for the next two years, the goal is for Limitless Love to be able to run with very minimal intervention no, or assistance uh, from me. But standardizing, I know it's hard to standardize innovation,
3: right.
2: <laughs> but just having those—that's why we call it a playbook. You no, know? that's just just having those process maps, mm-hmm. you know, so that we stay true to our signature process methods with how mm-hmm. we work with clients and any team member we onboard. Halimbawa, na new hire, mas madali silang makapag-onboard mas madaling nilang matutunan yung process because it's documented Correct. No? So that's one of the key things no, that we did
0: and especially again when you have documentation when you need it especially at a certain um, headcount depends yeah. on the organization you eventually need to hire an HR because the yeah. other thing that I think mm. you'll have to play and I'm, I'm sure you went through this it's okay you will, you'll be chief obstacle remover because <laughs> you'll, you'll be the chief chief cheerleader. But yeah. the one that weighs me down the most when I is when I'm the chief guidance counselor. Oh my God. I bring all that baggage of whatever <laughs> I have to go
3: through. And I have to... You, have you, you have Like
0: to, all the drama. You know? <laughs> oh my God. Okay? It's just so... It's hard. And eventually, you, you need to replace yourself from taking it all, all the drama in between because that will also weigh you down. And you need to hire a professional who knows how to handle that for you as you scale your team. But Joey, I want to understand. We're talking about scaling now. And you can't scale if you haven't figured out your pipeline and get cash flow. So you talked about the last time we uh, we were talking about that was
3: -hmm.
0: your grant. Walk me through how you are now able to create a sustainable and profitable business from that point where you got your first grant, you built your team, but of course, someone's got to pay the bills, and cash flow is king. How are you able to then create that pipeline? That you know, this then becomes a snowball effect.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Ron, you know, I didn't hire a business dev person before. You're the no, mm. the thing is, most of the clients come to us, no, and it's true by word of mouth, mm, no, and us. Uh, our previous clients with DA, with the Asia Foundation. So they're happy about the work that we do. So they would just, you know, like share that. You know, we would get a lot of inquiries. But I also realized this year that, you know, I mean, that's not sustainable. Right? So you really have to do business development. Right? So yes. that's why we started creating a business dev position. I've been so lucky because palaging may dumadating na mga projects. But yeah. syempre, I, don't, I can't be comfortable na, ha? palagi may na projects. Yeah. But also, to be quite candid, one of our challenges right now is, we have a lot of high-ticket projects, yeah. but since it's the development sector, it's government, there are times in our, you know, like revenue when, my times talaga na, Ang baba ng sales namin tapos bilang oh dumating na yung boom. bayad ni to mm-hmm. so boom diba tapos bilang oh wala na naman tasi delayed na naman yung project kasi government yung katrabaho mo, no so right. that's also something that i'm working on mm-hmm. and we're not a startup right because we're doing services no mm-hmm. but syempre if you're doing services it's hard to scale up. right because yeah. you need more people and it's people. not sexy
0: sometimes for especially yeah. for investors yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. So what we're doing now is we just created a products unit. Okay. You know, we have our co-design and training. And we're working on some things, uh, especially GovTech products, since we work with a lot of governments. Nice. So hopefully through those new GovTech products that we're building, then we can scale more and create more impact, you know, even with just you know maintaining a team.
0: Sounds good. All right. Now let's take our last break. And when we come back, we will now talk about the biggest milestones how how joey was able to validate herself and how all of this hustle you know started to really bear their fruit but let's talk about that more after the break <music> has to be covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly really matters. And we're back in the break. We are still with Joe Cruz of Limitless Lab, who then, who was then able to really itemize the amazing stuff that they've been doing. And man, you're—I'm more impressed because I didn't know a bunch of your client was in government, right? And again, let's just call a spade a spade. Each sector, each LGU is different. You know, some people mm. are fast, whatever. Some people take forever, and it's hard to do that and. If you really aren't doing well, the fact that you're getting a lot of this referral says a lot about the type of work that you guys bring. And the, the thing is, I like it too, because I don't think a lot of people want to compete with you here because it's hard,
3: it's hard to do.
0: <laughs> it's hard to work with this, this type of sect, this vertical that uh, nobody wants to touch. So a couple of things that I wanted to know. So you, you have these uh, clients already. Right. And you said you wanted, you started doing products uh, already. What were the key milestones that you guys hit that made you like? Because there there are things like that, eh? where shit, we made it. That's our fucking client. It's on my roster. Right. What were those that you're just so proud of that kind of put you where you are now?
2: Okay, so, okay, let's let's start with the simple things first. No? So, I've always wanted an office and mm. I'm sure you've seen that in my post. Yeah. Because I feel like even in the remote setting, it's important to have a space where your team can connect, diba? form right. that emotional connection uh, mm. with each other, you know, to collaborate. So, we got our office uh, last year, the start Woo! of 2022. Yay! And it was like a bare, you know, like space in the beginning, but... You know, I had big dreams for it. Yep. And of course, uh, our rent was not that big, but renovation is the most expensive. Oh
0: my God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you want to make a
0: nice office, Instagram worthy office? That's <laughs> just going right? to cost you. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, you know what? I actually just DIY that. And we didn't have We didn't have it. But now it's it's good. We're actually opening it now for events then. No? So, if nice. you want to have an event, it's not that big, but I think it's a conducive space Look, for innovation and. Building. The
0: very first office I had in Chatbot Beach was a twenty square meter or thirty square meter office. I still remember the joy I felt when right. I'm no longer sharing with anyone. This it's is just, my yeah. fucking thing. <laughs> it's not pretty, but this is mine. Exactly. And when we go in, I I just there's a certain. Joy and pride, you walk in like, fuck, we have an office. It's not pretty. I just bought some random desks in SNR to fill it up. It was a dev shop, (laughs) so it didn't have to be pretty. But man, the joy of having to call this is my office. This is my shit. Just describe the joy that you felt when you're now able to see the finished product the way you envision it. Because I saw that you even had a vision board. At one point, yeah, and now it, it became a reality. Describe that moment.
2: But to be quite honest, sometimes when I walk in, I still feel this disbelief that na Shit, may office na kami. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep,
4: yep.
2: But na isang taon na siya, no, but yeah, I felt so happy because it's like all my visions, no, are coming through and. Yeah. I always tell the team that we're able to build this, this office, for example, not because of me, right? Not just because of me, but all your efforts, you know, with the hard work that we're doing and so on. And for me, it was also having that blank canvas right? in the beginning. So just like when you were, even if it was just an SNR table, Man. that's what I love about entrepreneurship, that you have the freedom to create your own thing. Right to make quick decisions to change things when things are not working out. No. So every day when I go to the office, that's also what's in my mind. No? Even if it's a just a physical space, if something's not working there, no. But for me, it's like seeing a physical manifestation of all the work that you have done so far no? in, in the last few years. Wow.
0: I love it. And again, it just it jolts you. It's just a sense of pride. Like, yeah, we have our own. I have a desk. Oh my God, I have a desk. (laughs) Little things like that. You know, where all the pain and suffering that you experienced prior to that. It's just like, this is is, is nice. And it makes things worth it. But also, when that novelty runs out and you look at your desk, like, oh my God, there's so many people I have to feed, right? On those days where... It's not all rainbows and butterflies. People think that, oh, you have an office now, you're big time. Hell no, it's just a bigger problem that you're going to have to deal with. (laughs) Because you're still going to get by hitter, you're going to be hit by bigger boulders, by bigger problems. You just unlocked a new degree of difficulty for you. What are those new sets of challenges that you now have to overcome, Joey, that you never had to overcome before?
2: Okay, okay. Next set of challenges, I guess also with management, as you say, diba? these are kids. No, these are Gen Zs, they have very different expectations versus our I don't want to get canceled.
0: Don't get canceled, Joey.
2: One <laughs> more time. Right? So, like you have to continuously think of ways oh to engage them, divide those. So
0: Hire yeah. an HR when you can. I swear to God. We
2: have, we have. But I But junior so no, i not even... No, I swear.
0: If you can invest in an uh, experienced HR, my God. One of Together. the best
2: investments. <laughs> I of that. So that's one. And also, it's also like thinking of what's the next big thing, right? That we can do. And I, I guess that's really the Products that we're uh, talking about. Mm. And the thing is, I still have this fear of investors, Ron. <laughs> so mm. parang everything say I was bootstrapped, no, yeah. from Limitless Lab. Um, grants, actual paying clients, you know, which is the I best way not- because
0: you get to control everything. Yeah. Now. But yes, you need to eventually yes. open that Pandora's box of investors. Yes.
2: Exactly, you no. Know? So So that's something na pinag-iisipan ko. Because the GovTech products right now that we're building, and to give you a glimpse of it, it's a no-code GovTech solution. Because what we saw with our clients in government was that they would like to commission a new system every time. And these are like millions of pesos of taxpayer money. What usually happens is after it's been launched, like a ceremonial launch, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's gonna be used for quite some time. Then no one's gonna maintain it. You know it's mm-hmm. gonna be shelved. You know it's it's basically taxpayer money. You know yeah. went out of the jail. So we're mm-hmm. we're building a no code solution, and we're funding it from our revenues and oh profit.
0: my god,
2: it's a bootstrap.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, I've been thinking of getting uh, investments for it. So I guess that's some of the milestones that I've been looking at. But also looking at how we can expand our services, like Mm -hmm. design training, as well as our co-designing of toolkits and websites outside Mm -hmm. the Philippines. Because the development sector in Southeast Asia is a big sector. There are lots of opportunities in Jakarta, for example, in Indonesia, in Laos, the other developing nations in Southeast Asia. So that's why we're also continuously standardizing our processes now so that once we're able to get projects outside of the Philippines, then we can hopefully run the same systems. For sure, there will be a lot of changes. No, yep. same systems. Kung, kung saan man kaming, set up no, another, it doesn't have to be an office, but yep. you know, like a representative <laughs> outside. Yeah, and
0: you don't have to go all in yet. You, just, you can again validate, test the waters, and see where where yes. where there's traction next. But last last few questions, Joey, from your point of view, again, you've you've come a long way. And this is sometimes we, when we hustle too much, we forget that you've come a long way, that you've come such a long way that, you know, like oh my god, I didn't realize that I came from that point where I wasn't even sure if this UPLB talk that I'm gonna do are, are, are gonna be well received, yeah. right? <laughs> I wanna understand from your point of view, when did you start feeling that okay? I kind of made it now. There, there's just like, yeah, shit. It, uh, beyond the office, were there smaller setup moments of doing all of this?
2: Well, the Tatler recognition. There you course, go. Congratulations wonderful. again. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but before that, it's also that comfort that you have whenever it's payday, right? And you're ah. not worrying. <laughs> <Okay. They're laughs>
0: so up for everybody. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so because you know you're making money, and they won't worry about they will they get paid or will they not get paid. No? That, so, so that I guess for me is uh is very fundamental not mm-hmm. for me to say na hey I made it now because I can make sure that my people are well taken care of.
4: No? Mm-hmm.
2: But also, I guess Ron, another indicator that I made it is. When I had these clients before, or prospective clients that would underestimate me, that would be like, you know, we we just go to this person and so on. Because you're, mm-hmm. I mean, this, that was like written on email, like specifically mentioned. Are you person. kidding me? So like, um, okay. Wow. <laughs> but mind you, Ron, there was a time when okay. I had a contract set already for government organization. Meron na, and so on. You know what they told me? Hey, Ma'am Joey. Kasi po yung mga head namin, ano, gusto sana nila foreigner. Gusto sana nila guy, ganyan. Meron po ba kayong makukuha? Naku, pasin na gano'n. Are you kidding
4: me? Wow.
2: But you know, the client is king, right? So I had to make it work. So buti na lang, my friend, I'm sure you know him. So his name is David O'Hagan. So he used okay. to run design thinking agency as well. It's called Kickfire. So okay. friends naman na kami ngayon sa design thinking industry. No? Sabi ko, okay. kailangan ko daw ng co-passing. Apam, I need apam. <laughs> <laughs> Sabi ko, pero ito lang yung budget ko. Okay lang sa'yo. Diba? So okay mm. naman sa kanya. No, So, when when I had all these challenges, all these clients and the prospective clients underestimating me. Yung sila na ngayon yung nag inquire sa amin, ba? Sila na yung gusto na makuha yung services natin mm-hmm. and help them out. I think nice. that for me is a validation, though no? that our track record speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that is amazing. Super super happy for you. But last question. Again, I recently had. Carmina Bayombong and Mel Nava on founders only the hustle share sequel, which is basically a YouTube podcast. And they talked about how hard it was or how hard it is still to become a female founder in the Philippines. Walk me through that ecosystem of Pinay founders. And how do you guys help each other out? Because it's so hard eh, right? I mean, regardless of gender, but apparently, there's another handicap be, being a female founder in, in, yes. in the tech space. Walk me through your core group and who do you run to for advice and how do you rise together as you try to help each other out?
2: Yeah. So before I answer that, I'll give you a brief background of my friendships with females. No. So before Ron, I was someone who was always just friends with gay guys. Mm-mm. Somehow, I feel... I don't know, sometimes hindi ba ako gusto ng mga peers ko, ng mga girls ko, <laughs> a little bit insecure, ganyan. Okay. Kasi they come from the social schools. Diba? Ako very jollog sa older niya. So, <laughs> same. I had that moment. I'm the same so, doctor. Okay. Diba? Mm. So, I had that moment. But it was actually later in life, now that yeah. I'm older, no, that I realized all these things were just in my mind. No? Yeah. When in fact, in the female founders community, we all want to help each other out. No? Yes. So now I'm very lucky because it was also in my dreams before vision to have that own parent tribe, you know, of women founders that mm. I can go to whenever mm. I am in trouble, you know, I need advice and so on. No? So it's a very informal group of friends right now. I don't have yet like a solid, solid, you know, organized org. So mm. Some of the people I would usually go to would be Nines or Ninia, no Imaginable Impact. Shoemate of DevCon who's also my neighbor. Shout out. Uh, yeah, so some people in government, use, for example. no. So all these women in the ICT startup ecosystem who's been working for so many years already, you know, trying to grow our ecosystem. Of course, nice. we also have our Kubo ladies, di ba? Yeah. Ayan, no? So marami, nakakatuwa, kasi um, dun ko lang din nalaman recently na, hey, Ano pala nasa utak mo lang eh. <laughs>
3: Yes.
2: If you are in securities, you like speaking. Mm. No? But in the end, we all just need support from each other. Yeah.
0: Right. And again, uh, when you actually reach out, you'll realize how much more they also want to reach out to you. Exactly. There's just nobody right. who just wants that. And I had the same thing before I had hostage share. Like, ah. I think people don't like me. They probably think that uh, my abang, you know, this guy speaking it looks like from from a Talipapa. man. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's
3: so funny!
0: Really, uh, the talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am Talipapa looking right? But it's all good. It's <laughs> all so good. No, it's all good. Uh, it's just you realize how much people are also just like you. That yeah, exactly. They yeah. they hustle like, like you. They struggle like you. And if you just band together to do a little favor, or so just to encourage people out, you know, magic can happen because you don't know how much people are also willing to give more than to ask for advice. There's so much value that's being thrown out there. And the moment I really popped the hood is literally when I started talking to you guys and see how open you guys are, not just with your hustle, but also your struggles. And that's just... Mind blowing to me that ah okay, even if I'm talipapa totally luring people are gonna <laughs> be willing to talk to me anyway. And again, and then I because I, I nurture friendships. It's not a transaction. It's it's a friendship. Yeah. That you need to nurture. That you have to be there. Whether you just need to listen, to give advice, or whatever. Yeah. And you just have to make yourself available. Now, last question, Joey. I'll give you the keys to the time machine again. And let's go to that point where you're just about to make that jump in going to UPLB. You're not yet sure. And we'll go multiversal here. What would be your advice for yourself during that moment you're, you're not sure yet of how you're going to begin this journey in Limitless Lab? Hmm. na to So what
2: would have I told myself? I guess what I would have told myself back then was to find a mentor and that you don't have to do it alone in the back. Because lang yes. I had some co-founders, but they were not full-time then. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for me to take care of everything all at once. And you know yeah. how entrepreneurship can be a lonely journey. Right. Oh. <laughs> it's it's lonely at the yes. top. So I guess if I was able to find that female more successful, more established a uh, role model who can mm-hmm. also serve as a mentor, my path would have been a bit smoother. No, yeah. I also would have maybe grown faster. Right? Siguroyon. No. So now actually one of my goals is once limitless lab is able to run with very minimal intervention from me or very minimal support. Mm-hmm. My goal would be to support female aspiring families. Pay next
3: forward. Time. Amazing.
0: Thank you so much, Joey. Such an amazing episode. Oh, yeah. I love, I love, I love your story. And again, I'm glad we're now able to immortalize that. But before I let you go, invite people over if they want to Again, be a client if they need to study design thinking. Where do they go if they want to reach out to you? And again, tell us what's up next for Limitless Lab. Yeah.
2: Okay. So please do like us on Facebook so you can find our Facebook page by just typing in Limitless Lab. So you'll see a lot of tips on innovation, on design thinking, in our Facebook page. But if you're interested to co-design social innovations with us, whether it's a website, a toolkit, or a campaign, you can visit our website and book a free consultation. If you're interested naman to have a design thinking session for your team, mm-hmm. um, you can also reach us out you know, through our Facebook page. Yeah.
4: That
0: is amazing. Again, Joey, thank you very much. Before I let you go, follow us whatever podcast app you're listening to or Spotify, Apple podcast or any type of podcast app. And also we do again have a Hustle Share has a sequel. It's called Founders Only where it's just like this. But a lot of people that we've had before you know, that wants to share what they have learned and this time. It's a video podcast. So now you're going to see my telepapa face very soon. If you want to also check that out. And again, if you want to uh, understand the jargon and the links that we've had, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you have, you want to be part of our community and really understanding how this works moving forward and how you can be part of our content creation, it's going to be the hustle share premium community at premium.hustleshare.com. Again, Joey, thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Ron. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank Amazing. You. And again, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.